Welcome to Sanity, a podcast to help you keep yours in today's divisive political climate. I'm your host, Audrey Scagnelli, and I hope you'll join me in this quest for optimism in a post-2016 world. In Sanity's first live episode, I headed to the Higher House Museum in Washington, D.C. to see an art exhibit, A Good American, and have dinner with about 50 people from across the aisle who'd assembled to talk about the immigrant experience and the way that we preserve cultures in the United States. My conversation was with the exhibit's curator, Philippa Hughes. Philippa is a pretty interesting person in Washington. She's well known for assembling art experiences, bringing people together who wouldn't normally interact. She's a Democrat, and she realized after the election that she didn't know a single Trump voter. And she set out to change that, inviting people from across the aisle into her home to have small dinner parties to get to know each other better. This massive dinner party at the Hyrick House Museum was kind of a culmination of these efforts. The night was sponsored by American University School of Public Affairs and by the Pink Line Project. Here's Philippa now. The show came about because I was taking a walk with Kim Bender, who is the executive director of this museum. And she was telling me the story about how Mr. Christian Heyrich was a German immigrant in the 1800s. And he came here, you know, with $100 and he built the biggest business in DC, the biggest brewery, not just the biggest brewery, it was the biggest employer in DC other than the government. And so he's a very successful man. He built this beautiful home. And then World War I came around and he was discriminated against. And a lot of the language that, that was used against him mimic the language that's happening today, a hundred years later. And so when he was asked to give a loyalty pledge to the U.S. government to say, I am loyal to the U.S. and not Germany, even though he was an American citizen, he said, I am a good American. And so that's, that's what sparked the idea for the show. It's like, what does that even mean to be a good American? not about being what means an immigrant, because every artist in the show is an American, and it's an exploration of what that means, at, like, if, whether you're an immigrant from eight generations ago or you just arrived last year. It's amazing to see what the connection is 100 years later yeah. to the people that are in this room and people that are listening to, to this conversation on, on the podcast. Right after the presidential election, you realized that you, you didn't really know Trump supporters and you wanted to change that. And I think the way you went about doing that's pretty inspiring. I'd love to learn a little more. Um, so I live in DC. And as you know, it's pretty like liberal, <laughs> to say the least. You know, it's like 96% of the people voted for Hillary Clinton. And so, like many of my liberal friends, which is all of them, I was sad when the election happened, to say the least. And so I, you know, I'm sort of a person of action. So I'm like, I've got to do something. I can't just sit around being depressed. And so I posted something on Facebook inviting people over for dinner. If I said, you voted for Trump, I would like you to come over to my house for dinner and um, talk to you. And nobody responded, of course. And so I had to start kind of digging deep and I would like ask a friend like, hey, do you know any Trump supporters? <laughs> 
Um, and so finally, I found a couple. And in fact, a couple of people who are at the very first dinner are here tonight. So I'm very excited to kind of reconnect with them. Um, because at that time, I, I kind of wanted, wanted them to be here because at that time, I just was, I didn't know what I was doing. I just invited people over for dinner. And I just, you know, I, I didn't have a plan. But I, I did know that I wanted to listen. And that's what we did. Like, we talked and we listened. And so each dinner, I just kept doing them over and over. And each dinner, I would like learn something from the last one to do differently. So for example, um, guys who are here, um, the first time we just started like arguing about politics right away. And that was probably not a good idea. So at the, very, the next one, I, made, I emailed everybody in advance and I said, we can't talk about politics at all for the first 30 minutes. And I thought that was like, that helped to kind of ease into it a little bit. So the point is like each time I sort of added something to each dinner to kind of enhance the experience so that we could talk to each other more as humans than as our political avatars, basically. So that kind of has evolved into this, like how do we use art as sort of the tool or the mechanism to talk about important topics, but not about like not 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 as like personal attacks at the end of the day we all kind of like each other like i like you guys charles like i like you <laughs> and charles was at your first dinner yeah dinner, charles right? and krista i'm calling you guys out i really liked them but you know I, <laughs> there's no but <laughs> there's no but um so i just realized like you who you identify with in your political identity is probably like the 40th most important thing about who you actually are. And so that's what I hope we can accomplish is our love of art, our love of conversation, our love of so many other things than just politics. So let's focus on people, the events, the things that are, that, that are happening in which we are actually talking to each other in a civilized way and really coming for me trying to figure out where are the solutions what is so inspiring about the small action that you took and, and how it's kind of led to where we are in this room today is proof that small steps and small actions really mean something and they they matter they count i think you're living proof of that i agree but I will say, I've been thinking a lot about this literally this week, is like, we all need to take our individual actions, our small actions, and we need to be sitting together in a room of 50, 100, 3,000 people. Until now, all the dinners have been like six to 10 people, which is great for conversation. I'm hoping with groups of six to eight people, you know, here will, will work really well for conversation. But I would like everybody's help here tonight to think about how do we scale this so that like, I do want to save America. And how do we scale this in a way that, that accomplishes that? How do we heal these divides that are happening? I would be remiss without mentioning that you are well known in Washington as being an exceptional party planner. <laughs> <laughs> and that carried through with the menu that you would serve at these dinners. Oh, the menu? Yes. Oh, yeah. You know what? Okay, so I did make a little bit of a mistake with tonight's menu because um, until now, I always ended each dinner with 
a blueberry and cherry crisp. <laughs> Get it? And then it would dinner party. And then it would like melt together into this purple glop because you know we're all melting together. Um, but yeah, so I was I was calling my dinners blueberries and cherries, you know, to kind of be whimsical because at the end of the day, it's fun to like hang out together and have dinner and talk. It's fun, and let's just do that. Having fun and recognizing that we can have fun when we don't agree with every single political witness test check checkbox is really important. Yeah. And I think a lot of the silos that are strengthening are kind of putting up walls around that mindset. So that's that's one of the things that's really exciting about having such a range of people here here tonight talking about immigration and where we can find common ground. I'd love for you to share a little bit about your own heritage and what that means to you. So I have a very complicated relationship to immigration in, in particular. So until now, all the dinners have been sort of these gatherings and we don't have a real structured conversation. But tonight I wanted to talk specifically about immigration. I, I have a complicated relationship with it. Um, my mother is a Vietnamese immigrant and my father's Irish. And my mother does not want any more immigration in this country when we were going to accept, you know, a few Syrians into the country, she's like, no refugees, you know, no, like this caravan that's coming, like, oh my God, she's so scared of the caravan. She refuses to accept any, any, any new immigrants into this country. A turning point in a conversation I had with her was when she said that she understood what was happening in this country because this country was founded by white people, and so therefore, this country is for white people, and we are only guests here. And I thought, oh, like, that just blew me away. And ever since she said that, I have really struggled with what she, you know, trying to figure out what, what she's thinking and where I'm coming at it. Like, having grown up in a sleepy southern town, in a suburb, literally on a cul-de-sac, <laughs> watching, you know, reruns and Saturday afternoons, I, I just... We had such different experiences. And so a lot of this conversation for me is a personal search for what, what this all means for me personally. And I kind of, I'm sharing that with you partially because I think we all have some kind of experience like that. And so I hope we can all kind of share that um, with each other because no matter when your people came here, there is a story like that, I think. I think we share this fiber of the immigrant journey here. My uh, grandparents immigrated here from France. My grandmother, who's 92 today, she, she immigrated here from Brittany, France. She grew up on a farm with no running water, no electricity. And, and she came here. She was a housekeeper. She worked in a diner in Manhattan. And one day the diner unexpectedly closed. She was in her 50s and was out of a job. And she had a very loyal customer who she'd known for years. And he was very high in executive at Merrill Lynch. And he said to her, why don't you come work for me? And she spent more than 10 years working at Merrill Lynch. The Merrill Lynch red leather watch that she got on her retirement day, I think is perhaps her most prized possession. It is very special to think about just what, what unique stories are with us in this room and the perspectives that we have because of those stories. Yeah, I think that's right. And I have tried to design uh, a dinner in which we're going to share something about ourselves and be a little bit vulnerable. I know that scares some people, but we're going to be a little bit vulnerable tonight because I just think that's where it's going to begin is when we kind of open ourselves up 
and then see each other differently. So, so just so everybody knows, I have tried to put an artist at each table, an artist who is either in the show or who's performing uh, tonight. I've, I've spread out all the conservatives I knew. It was really hard to find you guys. It was very hard to find you, but I like I worked very hard to make sure that normally I would try to do 50-50, but I couldn't quite get there. So anyway, so I apologize to, to my conservative friends who might feel a little bit overwhelmed, but it's a friendly crowd, I think. Well, I think we're, we're in a society that, that says to us, you know, talking about religion, money, politics, it's not polite conversation. And so what, what does that do for our, our culture and society when you create that, that, that entry point, that reality, it makes having conversations like this all the more uncomfortable, but also all the more important and needed today or more than certainly in my lifetime. Yeah, that's um, right. I was in an Uber on my way here from the airport and there was an Afghani man who was driving the car and he immigrated here in 2015, and he served as a translator for our special forces in Afghanistan, and has such pride and gratitude for living in this country, and is making a lot of sacrifices for his five-year-old daughter. He heard about this evening and what it was all about. So I said to him, I'm sure you'd be welcome, and he said, I wish I could go because I would love to share my story, but I don't feel safe doing that because I don't know what would happen to my brothers and my family at home that he still sends money to, to support. And that was so powerful. Um, I, I'd like to segue before we kick off the dinner to just learn a little bit about how you connected with American University and their public policy school, because I, I hear that that's a fun story in and of itself. <laughs> well, it all started with karaoke, um, <laughs> I, which I actually don't love karaoke. I'm a terrible singer, but I was with a group of friends and a friend named Cheryl, who is an immigration lawyer, happened to be at the dinner we, or the event we, we hung out. She's so great. And she recommended me to give a talk at uh, TEDxAU. And that's how I met Liza. And then, so we did that. And then I was telling her about the dinners. And, and so she sort of kind of magically made everything happen. You know, I, I kind of like that I hopefully something magical like that could happen from tonight's dinner. Like, we were just hanging out, having fun. This is the theme. <laughs> um, and I hope something magical like that can also come from something, some conversations here as well. And I have a feeling there's an energy in this room. I have a feeling that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, my, my last question for you before we start to eat is what, what inspires you most today, right now? Well, a lot of things, actually. I feel very hopeful. Um, I'm going to go with something very obvious because it's kind of top of mind for me right now, but I'm going to go down to Texas to campaign for Beto O'Rourke. And um, I don't think he's going to win. Whatever. It's fine. But, um, <laughs> but what I like about him is the just full-throated enthusiasm and love of people in America and like that's he embodies a lot of things that I aspire to is that just the positivity and optimism that is here and we don't have to listen to the news that 
has gloom and doom all the time. Like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's gloomy as gloomy as they tell us. I think it's actually awesome. And we have so much ahead of us. And I feel like he's, for me, he's somebody who can lead us there. Well, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to getting to know whoever's at table five. I guess I'll be the token moderate Republican. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. It's, it's a pleasure. <laughs>